Exurga Deus disipentur in amici eius, et fugianchio deruntium aface eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defendenos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diabolias opraesidium. Imperatili Deus supplicas de precamor, tuque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos, quae perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum miserere nobis, Mater Dolorosa, ora pro nobis, Speculum Justitiae, ora pro nobis, Beatis Carolus Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis, Nomini Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. having a little bit of trouble figuring out what I was going to talk about today. And part of it has to do with the fact that Kazakhstan is still sitting very much in the forefront of my mind because I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly where it fits. And I don't know. I think I'm going to go ahead and commit that one to my subconscious. Maybe let my guardian angel help me figure that one out. The, uh, I can tell you that it was somewhat relieving to see Dave Cullen over in Computing Forever, um, which you can find on Odyssey and BitChute, talk about um, basically the fact that it looks like, at least for some scientists and a lot of like doctors around the world, they're starting to actually put together the the overall intent. <clears throat> if you haven't been over there, there's one, uh, his most recent episode on, on BitChute. He actually plays a brief clip. It's a few minutes long, um, where a doctor actually kind of goes through and he sort of goes through the reasoning and some of the things that like he, he goes through what the science understand, what science understands about spike proteins. And then goes through what we know about the uh, the actual virus, the COVID-19 virus. Um, and then he extrapolates what the agenda is based on um, things that he've seen he's seen around the world. The there and there's a few things there's a few things I want to echo from Dave Cullen's uh, podcast because he spoke about the idea that the coronavirus was sort of a sort of a, a population control appetizer because the mRNA vaccines they actually train your body to make the spike proteins and it's very much and and it is because your body is making the spike proteins it is increasing the risk that your immune system will actually recognize the spike proteins as the threat that they are and then attack the tissue that is generating the spike proteins thereby causing congenital defects and things like that things that if there is a portion of the population that remains unvaccinated you will have a control group because they weren't vaccinated and everyone else 
will begin to manifest what we've seen in sports, particularly in Europe, um, with the with the sports stars in like football and and cricket and a whole and a whole bunch of high level athletes, very very physically fit people suffering from strokes, debilitating illness, heart problems, things that have caused them to things that have either caused the end of their career where they've had where they find they have to retire and there's nothing and there's really nothing that they can do. Um, and then things, and then of course, actually players just dropping dead on the field due to myocarditis, pericarditis, and, and other heart defects that have been instigated ostensibly by the jab. And <clears throat> there's a thing that I know I talked about it, but I don't think I really put enough emphasis on it is the fact that it is the understanding of a lot of the people in the world economic forum and the United nations and all like all of the high level mucky mucks who are trying to do this big change to the globe. One of the things that is the common thread is that they want the population of the world to actually sit at right about 500 million, 500 million, not billion million. And that of course, requires some sort of program to begin to weed people out. And if there remains a large enough section of segment of the population that never, that never takes the jab, then what you'll have is you'll have a control group that'll make it much more obvious that this was an experiment, not in trying to come up with a new, with a new drug, not trying to come up with a new form of profit. Although the intent is obviously there for profit as well, but a way to actually hide the mass genocide of most of the planet under the auspices of public safety and health. And when that's taken into consideration, a lot of what's happening, a lot of like the vaccine mandates and all of these people pushing all of these things with particularly among the, like the woke corporations, the NFL, NBA, all of the, like all of the big organizations that are like, no, you're going to ha- you're going to take the jab. But one of the things that a lot of people aren't realizing, like it's the thing that they're not putting together is that we've had COVID-19 since 2019. And we had, all of 2020 where there weren't really any there there was not an there was not actually a surge of excess death but in 2020 and certainly and actually the big the key group that you can look at you look at the people who actually had freedom of movement particularly in Europe the people who had freedom of movement in Europe were most of the sports stars because, you know, you still had to have your bread and circuses. And so you still had soccer and cricket and all of those other things. And so these people were allowed to travel around the world to play their sports. And we didn't hear about any of them getting COVID-19 in 2020. We didn't hear about any of them dropping dead from massive heart attacks. We didn't hear about any of them running into health problems that was actually debilitating enough to pull them out of their sports. And typically when that does happen, it's only about one or two a year. And usually it's a physical injury, like a broken ankle or broken hip or, um, or knees or bad or back injury or something like, but it's usually a physical structural injury. Fast forward to 2021. And it was 
a couple of stories here, a couple of stories there, but really by about midsummer, there were dozens of stories of sports stars suffering ill effects just out of nowhere. And then dozens turned into hundreds. And I think the actual count now is up is somewhere in excess of four or five hundred sports stars who have been taken out of the prime of their career, their sports career. So you're talking about prime of prime of a sports career, typically between the ages of about 22 to about 32. You're talking about people who are not obese. You're talking about people who do not have who, who you know, who do not have a whole lot in the way of physical ailments. You're talking about people who are in the peak physical condition for their sport. And now they're dying. And the only change, particularly, and I'm using the European sports as the main model, because the European sports, what was the first thing happened when the, when the vaccine was out there for emergency use authorization? They pushed the jab and they forced basically all of the players to get the jab. And they used it because they were traveling around the world. And then all of a sudden we started, we, we got an anomalous number. Steve Cunningham over at Census Fidelium in uh, Wednesday's, in the, in the hump day, this last hump day's uh, Clown Planet News also put out a whole bunch of other facts about things that are, you know, things that are trending based on the VAERS data and based on, and based on data that is coming from large, reputable scientific organizations, universities and the like where they're talking about the VAERS data possibly having a a factor of like 41 where you where you multiply the number by 20 anywhere between 25 and 45 to actually get a more accurate picture of how many people are being deleteriously affected by the jab the estimates now sit between 400,000 and 1 million dead and the problem with tracking it is is the way they've decided to set everything up because you're not considered fully jab until after the first 2 weeks and oh yeah by the way anybody who suffers <clears throat> anybody who suffers an effect in the first 2 weeks what do they say oh it was this it was that it was the other they blame something else they blame something else the problem is is that you can't blame something else when you've got 14 and 15 and 16 year olds who are now having ridiculously off-the-wall problems. A 15-year-old does not ha naturally have a heart attack. A 15-year-old does not naturally have a stroke. These are not the norm. And yet it is increasingly happen happening. We don't have any data from the military. And I would be really interested to see that because the military, particularly in the United States, is one... It is. Like you do actually have a controlled group. There's about 40,000 people who haven't taken the jab and you can actually look and mind you, if you're in the military, even if you're in the air force, you're still more physically fit than the average person in America. But if you're a Marine or you're an, or you're a soldier or you're, <clears throat> that's much likely to be a, a much higher number. A much, and when I say much higher number, I'm talking about in physical fitness. So you can actually do the direct study and kind of look and go, okay, how many Marines have been admitted to the hospital since they got the jab? How many Marines have actually died from something that was anomalous, like a stroke or, or, or some congenitive, uh, some, some, what's the word, a congenital illness or something that just sort of manifested out of nowhere? 
Now, the doctor, the doctor particularly, and I think he's a doctor out of India, he actually said that the spike protein, the spike protein has is basically a poison. It's an allergen. And so when you get the first and so when you get the jab, then you're getting your first allergic reaction. And so the jabs are basically kind of designed to mitigate the allergy, the allergic reaction that causes the cytokine storm, the cytokine storm effect that actually kills you. So on the one hand, yes, it is actually designed to sort of mitigate after a manner. But the thing is, is that people's bodies aren't necessarily taking them the way there's the way the way the way they say these these uh, serums are actually supposed to work. And if you continue to introduce booster after booster after booster, then you run into a couple of problems. The first one is that you continue is that you're continually stimulating your immune system and your immune system is eventually just going to shut down. The second part is, is that you're continually, you're continually basically firing this bullet into your body, hoping that it's not going to be the time that it kills you. There is, there has been a long known connection between vaccines in general and various food allergies, in particular, peanut allergies. Because peanut, because peanut oil or I should say not peanut oil but peanut oil was a derivative as a suspension in order to introduce in order to introduce these things so when when somebody comes down with a peanut allergy it's likely actually connected to a vaccine that they may have had that might have had that in the mix now i'm not a high level epidemiologist i'm not one of these people who's got enough time to spend just diving into every one of these things i'm just trying to throw out the basic mechanics of where of, of the suppositions. And if those suppositions are in fact accurate, then what's actually happening is that the is that our human bodies, those those people who are taking the jab, are being conditioned to both create something that is poisonous for their own body, that their immune system may actually recognize at some point as being alien, and then attack. We know that there, there is a portion of the genetic sequence in COVID-19 that includes HIV. We know that no coronavirus naturally has a sequence, a genetic sequence similar to HIV, and so that tells us that this is actually genetically engineered. Simultaneously, the spike proteins also don't naturally fall in the way that they are in this particular in in, in COVID nineteen on normal coronaviruses. There's a lot of stuff that's new, but the building blocks are very obviously building blocks. And it's the artificiality of the disease that is actually causing quite an interesting reaction among people. But the mRNA vaccines are designed specifically to generate the spike protein, which will also be the first time that there was a quote-unquote vaccine developed not to attack an entire virus because you're actually using the dead virus or some kind of genetically modified or like a a genetically neutralized uh, live virus. And oh, hey, by the way, we've never actually taken time out to reprogram the human body to generate the things that are supposedly supposed to fight this thing off. Now, all of that taken into all of that taken into consideration, one of the reasons why this podcast is firmly held that COVID-19 was a bioweapon and that the vaccine was, in fact, the second half. And in fact, I'm going to go ahead and draw this 
uh, more together with the Joker's um, Smilex from the 1989 film Batman. So you had the coronavirus itself, which of course was released as a weapon, was released as a weapon, and you could say it was an appetizer to be put together with the secondary component, which would be the jab. And what people have to actually get themselves past is the fact that we are naturally going to say, well, there's no way that they're actually trying to kill us. You know, our governments are our servants, right? They're the ones here to help us. Are they really? Australia is now arresting people who try to flee from quarantine. There's a 16-year-old kid who's looking at two years of incarceration for fleeing from from one of from uh, what you call it the their little uh, their little open air camp for COVID. Howard Springs. The kid's looking at two years in jail for fleeing from Howard Springs. Why? Is that for his health? No, because he didn't have COVID-19. He didn't have Alpha. He didn't have Delta. He didn't have Omicron. He didn't have none of that crap. The problem that a lot of people, particularly actually if you understand what's going on here, with the World Economic Forum and the United Nations and all of these and all of these organizations who are pushing this whole Great Reset garbage, the Build Back Better plan. The problem is, is that when you try to explain it to somebody and you talk about, well, they've got climate change on it, they've got COVID-19, they've got monetary policy, they've got world trade, free trade, travel, immigration, like they have so many elements that nobody wants to think that these guys are actually going out. I mean, all the way down to trying to get people to stop eating meat. All of it. You try to explain that to people. And you go, hey, no, they have actually like a 50-point plan. And each one of these points actually covers a different aspect of human life. With the ultimate intent of reducing, supposedly reducing carbon, carbon emissions down to zero. And doing so while castrating every while castrating and immolating every single economy on the on the planet. And the climate change people have even gone after Bitcoin. Why? Well, Bitcoin's kind of the more obvious one. It's it's the monetary thing. Because if you look around the world, the United States is trying to develop a central bank digital currency. The EU is developing a central bank digital currency. China has a central bank digital currency. Everybody's trying to get to a CBDC. And if they can get to the CBDC, then what you'll have is you'll actually have programmable money, programmable money that will be able to tell, no, you're not going to buy that five pounds. You're not going to buy five pounds of meat for the winter. No, you're not going to buy the gun or the ammunition. No, you're not going to be able to pay the cab fare to go all the way out in that direction because, oh, hey, by the way, the cab is also going to be an electric an electric car that you that you call up and is autonomously driven and is just going to tell you, no, I'll take you here or here, but you're not going there, there or there. <clears throat> Why are they doing this? They're doing this to kill you. They're doing this to kill you. They're doing this to kill your children. They're doing this to kill your mom, your grandma, etc. They're doing this to kill you. I think Mac- Michael Malice put it best. 
when he was talking about the gun control debate. And the same principle basically applies. He said, the minute you try to tell me that I can no longer defend myself or my family or my home is the moment that we end any further conversation. Because you're not looking out for my best interest. You're actually, you're actually looking to put me in a more vulnerable position. You're looking to put my family in a more vulnerable position. This is actually the moment you tell me that I, that I cannot buy a gun, that I cannot buy the ammunition for the gun, and that I can only put so many bullets in the gun, you are actually declaring war against me and my family. Period. Full stop. Well, the same thing's true with the jab. The minute you tell me that I have to get the jab or I can't go to work, the minute you tell me, like Australia has said, that I have to get the jab or I can't even go outside to walk my dog, the minute you tell me that I either have to do this or you're going to take everything that I have away from me, we don't get to, we don't talk anymore because you have just declared more war on me and my family and my way of life. And that's happening in Australia, in England, in Ireland, in the in America, in Canada. That garbage about the curfew? Oh, I'm sorry. The minute you tell me I can't do X, Y, and Z because I haven't done what you have told me is necessary for this. And oh, hey, by the way, it's specifically because rather than tell me all about the supposed science that backs up the efficacy, the safety, and all of that, and that it is, in fact, a public health thing. And rather than that, you simply you simply get on TV and you say, we're running out of patience with you. And so we're going to make this painful. We're going to we're going to make this specifically to piss you off. And I say specifically to piss you off. That is actually a quote or a paraphrase from Emmanuel Macron, president of France. We're doing this specifically to bother you into taking this jab. And we're going to continue to push this down your throat. And while we're pushing this down your throat, we're going to push climate change down your throat. We're going to push all of these other things down your throat. We're going to inflate our currency into oblivion and we're going to replace it with a new currency and you don't get a vote. You don't get a vote. You don't get to tell us no. The fact remains is that governments around the world have declared war on their own citizens. And this is to say nothing of the fact that they're still coming out and distracting you with the other crap. At least in Kazakhstan, they recognized that the government was declaring war on them, and they declared war back. But the people in Austria largely support getting a 9,000 euro fine for going out when you're unvaxxed. And it's Austria, Ireland, Australia. Part of the reason, part of the reason why the rest of us are looking at Australia going, dude, what's happening in your country? And they're going, we're okay with it. We're not angry enough to shut down the entire government. We believe the garbage that they're feeding us, even though they haven't told us anything about the science, they simply said that the science says. 
And rather than acting like people or, well, the people like Missouri and saying, show me, show me that what you're telling me is true. They're going, okay, well, the science says, and we'll just follow along. Where does Russia fit? I don't know. Russia and Ukraine is going to be a thing. There's going to be a fight. There's already a fight in Kazakhstan. China is going to have to go to war to save their economy. If they don't go to, and I'm not even joking, if they don't go to war, if they don't invade Taiwan, they will not be able to save their economy. Their economy will flop. It'll be a done deal. And they're looking at an economic collapse that'll probably take out most of the world. But we'll also make sure that they are never better than a second-rate society for the rest of everyone who's alive today, for the rest of their natural lives. And I could spend time pointing fingers at all of the bad people who were doing this, the Klaus Schwab's, the Bill Gates's, the, the Alexander and George Soros's. But I think even now, I've just spent about 25 minutes talking about this. And I don't have an answer any different from the one that I've been beating on for the last six months. That we have to pray, we have to do penance, we have to fast, we have to make reparation. And more than all of that, we have to recognize that modern medicine has gone off the rails. That medical researchers are buying aborted baby parts specifically to create chimeras from various animals so that they can actually test their medications on something that is somewhat similar to a human to a human ecosystem, a human biome. And more than that, in more than a few cases, even the Monaco, particularly like the Regeneron thing, I find particularly insidious because everybody's going, well, it's the monoclonal antibodies. You know, if you can get the monoclonal antibodies, you don't necessarily need to take the ivermectin or this, that and the third. But the, monoclo- but the monoclonal antibodies, nobody's asking the real question. Where do the antibodies come from? Where did they get the antibodies? Because these, because these antibodies were not assembled atom by atom. They had to start with some extant tissue. And we all know where that extant tissue comes from. The cures, in all honesty, are becoming very much as bad as the diseases, if not worse. Because I will always go back to that Bill to that Bill Gates video clip at the TED Talk, where he's talking about if we do a good job, we can reduce the population of the world by ten to fifteen percent, which is literally saying if we do a good job with vaccinations and with abortion, we can reduce the population by one and a half billion. 
And that would have to be one and a half billion on top of the one and a half billion that have already been slaughtered in the wombs of the mothers that have aborted their children around the world. It's talking about basically by the numbers, wiping India off the map. Although they're not targeting India in particular, but you got to remember that India has a population of approximately 1.3 billion. And so what they want to do is they want to be able to remove approximately the same amount of the population of India from the map worldwide. Well, how do you do that? You scare the bejesus out of everybody and then you sell them a cure that's actually a poison. And then you find a way to make sure that it never, ever comes out that it was, in fact, a poison. And that way is making sure that every single human being gets to the point where they're fully vaccinated. And in some places, they're trying to make it, they're basically making it so that your, so that your freedoms, your life is a subscription service to a, medica- to a medication that you don't need. The point is, whether it's the collapse of an economy, specifically to replace the currency with a new digital currency, or it's the destruction of the human family, as people's families are now being atomized, even down to the individual level because of what? Because of vaccination status? Are you serious? The fact remains is that the whole thing is designed to wipe us off the planet. They're not coming up with new technologies for us to travel to other worlds. Because think about this for a minute. Let's say I actually believed that the world was overpopulated. Well, the Catholic response to that is go out into the cosmos. If I honestly believe that there were too many human beings on the world on this planet, then I would do that I would do something in such a way where we could begin to move human beings to other planets. Giant megalopolises on the moon. Huge cities on Mars. It would have to be cities because the the locations are too inhospitable to human life otherwise. So in order to provide the sort of protection for humanity from cosmic radiation, et cetera, and all of and all of the and all of the nastiness that's up in outer space, you would have to actually have protective protective enclosures. So that's protective enclosures. So you're going to have cities on the moon, on Mars, on the moons of Jupiter, on asteroids. But if I honestly believe that the Earth was overpopulated, then I would make a push to migrate people from the earth to other planets at starting within the solar system. And then, and then maybe somewhere in there, we build ships large enough where we can actually move entire, entire states, entire nations across the cosmos beyond, beyond the bounds of the solar system. That's what I would do. Nowhere in there is advocating for abortion. What is what the advocacy is for at that point is advocating for us all as human beings 
those of us who wish to go, to pack up and go find our 40 acres and a mule, figuratively speaking. But that's not what they're that's not what this people's agenda is. This people's agenda is to shut down industry, shut down education, shut down the human family, shut down, shut down commerce. And force people into their little pods, eating their little bug patties, slowly dying away as they get injected month after month after month with a poison brought to you by Pfizer. And it's remarkable to me how few people actually look and go, hey, wait a minute. Since when do we trust big pharma? Nobody's asking that question. Nobody's actually asking, hey, since when do we trust Johnson & Johnson or, or Pfizer, both of whom have had actually to pay out billions of dollars in compensation for criminal acts? For criminal acts. We're not talking about civil lawsuits. We're talking about criminal behavior. Felonies. Speaking of felonies, something to pay attention to. The Democrat Party in America has decided that they're going to, instead of actually trying to beat people on the campaign trail and win voters over, they're going to disqualify candidates from the opposition using a clause, I think, in the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution which is why they're beating the drum on the January 6th insurrection narrative. Because the clause says that if you ever made war against the United States, if you ever violated your oath to the Constitution, then you should never be able again to hold office. Should never be allowed to hold office. And that's kind of a big deal. Because they're using it against people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan, and Donald Trump. But they're not using it against Maxine Waters or Kamala Harris, both of whom have actively subverted both their oath and encouraged insurrection. In the case of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, their staffers, and in the case of Kamala Harris herself, actually put up money to bail people out for burning down the city of Minneapolis. So what's it going to mean to people in your various elections when the opposition just says, you know what, we've decided that we're going to do X, we're going to do X, and X is going to make it so that your candidate, the guy that you're supporting, the one that you're hoping will bring some semblance of sanity to whatever office it is that you're trying to put them in, to disqualify them on the grounds that they quote-unquote made war against the United States. What do you think that's actually going to do to the trust in the election system? Because keep in mind, there's one particular nation state where that actually pops into mind because that actually happens in their elections every single year, every, every time. And that's Iran. Iran actually has a, a, a panel that goes through the process of disqualifying anybody who stands up against the state. 
So the question that you got to ask yourself is, do you want that in the United States of America? And if you don't want that in the United States of America, then what do you do? Because the people in power are finding the best ways to keep their power by conducting lawfare instead of warfare. It's crooked as hell. It's absolutely crooked. But what do you think that's going to do for the morale of a nation like the United States of America? What do you think it's going to do for the morale of the world when they see the United States of America suddenly turn its election system into that that is absolutely no better than than the sort of election system you would find in a third world country? Or a tyrannical despotism. Some sort of tyrannical regime. We're reaching a point now where if you wake up to the lie, for the people who haven't woken up yet, like I honestly, I'll I'll feel for them when they do, if they do. There are many people that I'm kind of coming to the point now where I'm like, man, I really actually kind of hope they don't wake up because the pain that they're going to go through, the suffering that they're going to go through when they realize that they've been duped by everything that they ever thought was true because they kept the shell. They kept the outward appearance of the United States of America. They kept the outward appearance of a justice system. They gave the outward appearance of a democratic representative republic. They gave the outward appearance, but there's nothing about any of that that's actually true today. There's nothing about it that's true. You got a couple of people who managed to slide in there and get elected and actually try to do the jobs. But for the most part, everybody who's controlling your life They're from agencies like the CDC, the ATF, the DEA, the FBI, the CIA, the NSA. And then if it's not them, it's Facebook, Google, Twitter, Apple, all of whom are in bed with an empire that's actively, currently committing genocide. Genocide by forced sterilization, genocide by concentration camp, genocide by death camp, genocide. And why? Who knows? Because they're the outgroup for whatever reason. They're the outgroup. Well, I can tell you with an absolute certainty that the entirety of the in-group is going to hell. And that in-group, weirdly enough, includes many clerics, many bishops, many priests, and possibly even the Pope himself. As a Catholic... You have to understand that we have to tackle the. This is not something that you tackle immediately. The weird thing about it is, is I read an article that actually defended Peronism because Peron was a Catholic. And so you could say whatever about whatever tactics and some of the mishaps that happened across the uh, across his across his career while he was out and about. But the fact remains is that he was a Catholic. And that was why he was a threat, because he was a traditional Catholic. He was enrolled in a religious order. His wife was, a, was, I think, a Dominican tertiary or a Franciscan tertiary. 
we're in a really weird spot. And this is the first time in a while where I've got this new piece of information where I like I know where it fits when it comes to cryptocurrency and I know where it fits when it comes to global economics. I know where that part fits. I know where Kazakhstan fits in that. It's just weird that the United Nations didn't send any troops there by trying to secure, etc. And instead, Russia sent troops. In the same way that we're kind of aware of the fact that they're about to do that to Ukraine as well. And the worst part about it is, is as I look at it, ultimately I'm not against them because Kazakhstan is not Georgia. Kazakhstan is not Florida or North Carolina. Kazakhstan is Kazakhstan. Ukraine is not Boston. It's not New York. It's not California. It's not Nevada. It's not Indiana. It's Ukraine. And the fact remains is I just simply don't trust us. I don't trust our national security establishment who who managed to make such a public disaster out of the withdrawal from Kabul. I don't trust the Pentagon who lied to the President of the United States in order to manage to maintain troops in Syria. Lied to the President of the United States. Lied to his face. And then turn around and call China and be like, hey, man, if they're going to, if, if the orange man's going to attack, I'll give you a call first. Why Mark Milley hasn't been hauled in for treason, I don't know. Well, I mean, I kind of know. Because he's a fat, mollient, white dude who doesn't know how good he's got it. Who doesn't understand the value of sacrifice. Or I should, I take that back. He understands the value of sacrifice so long as it's somebody else's sacrifice and not his own. They're going to go after that 14th Amendment. They're going to, they're going to make a very, very needly bed that they're going to have to lie in. Because at some point, the people are going to get fed up. And I will tell you right now, for those of you who think that we need tanks and we need bombs and we need machine guns in order to put down the U.S. military, let me go ahead and dissuade you of that. Because the Kazakh people managed to set the Kazakh military to flight on horseback. And they weren't parading through the square with buffalo horns and an American flag, or even a Kazakh flag for that matter. People think they've been through an insurrection. These guys are all masters of insurrection. These are these guys are all people who have managed to pass bills and sign legislation and, and sponsor programs specifically to overthrow nations around the world. Do you think they don't know what they're doing to the United States? I will tell you this right now. Any member of the United States government that is not actively aware of the fact that they're trying to, that the government of the United States is actively at war against its own people is dangerously naive. 
Now, maybe for the sake of decorum, they won't put it in those terms specifically. But the fact remains is that the government of the United States, like most global governments today around the world, have declared war on their own citizenry. You don't get to tell me that I don't go to work unless I get your jab. Just like you don't get to tell me that I'm not allowed to defend my house. The moment you infringe on those two things, we're not talking about policy. We're talking about war. We're talking about the conscious attempted destruction of the human race, and in particular, the various governments around the world, the peoples of those governments. And all of that, we still have an actual, I'm like, no joke, I've managed to talk about all that stuff and spend this much time on all that stuff. <clears throat> and I haven't been able to talk about the fact that there have been excess deaths from all causes, but most significantly, suicide and drug overdose in the last year. And I got into an argument with a dude on Twitter with whom I think I'm still blocked now two years later. When I told him that the other ramification, that the other un, quote unquote unintended consequences, because at the time I believed that they were unintended consequences. At the time, I believed that all of the things that they did to the United States and to the people of the world, the various governments, the various governments and the so-called savior leaders thereof. I said at the time that you're going to see an increase in drug use. You're going to see an increase in alcoholism. You're going to see an increase in domestic violence. You're going to see an increase in suicide. Well, add to that, now there's a drastic increase in fatalities due to heart problems like myocarditis and, peric and pericarditis. All of the things that I was hoping were not going to be true, that I was hoping I was just going to be a crackpot about, all of those things have come true. And I'm still dreading the latest information to come from Alex Jones. Because Alex Jones, as of about a week and a half ago, accused the political elites from around the world of basically being vampires. Of cloning their own children specifically to use the blood from their own clones. Or not cloning their children, but cloning themselves as children. And then using the blood from their clones in order to maintain their own youth. And it seems outlandish, except that the last major story to break like this was Jeffrey Epstein with his pedophile island. And so the idea that the, that the global elites are a bunch of baby-eating vampires drunk on their own power trying to find a way to fix it so that they never lose power... I hate to say it, but it just doesn't seem quite so far-fetched anymore. It would actually be an improvement to the current script, which right now is still still looking like a cheap knockoff of V for Vendetta and Demolition Man.
Anyhow, I've rambled on entirely too long. And all of this amidst the backdrop of a pope that's also simultaneously trying to destroy the church. Like, seriously. Is it any wonder that sometimes this podcast comes off as being overwhelmed? Because there's too much to explain. There's too much to dissect. There's too much, like, it It gives me a fairly good picture around the world. But it still manages to surprise me in a lot of ways because I'm like, well, I know this end result is going to happen, but I don't know what manifests to actually cause that result. I would be surprised if cryptocurrencies survive the current unrest in Kazakhstan. And if they don't, I will know for sure that Kazakhstan and everything that happened there was specifically to tank the crypto markets, to make sure that people would not flee to the cryptocurrencies away from the normal currencies so that they have no other choice than to use the CBDCs when it when time comes for those to finally get fielded and come out. And before you even begin to say, oh no, that's just got to be some crazy conspiracy theory, then I'm going to tell you that microchips exist. Apps for your phone to use as a passport to go to the pub or or travel exists. Vaccine mandates exist. The election was provably undermined and stolen in the United States. And it's provably done so because of a news article by Time Magazine that said they did it. And even introduced you to the cast of characters that were largely responsible for it. And COVID-19 did leak from a lab. I say leak because, well, that's what we have the evidence. But it was a bioweapon paid for by the United States of America. Also provably true. And the vaccine is turning out to be a bioweapon. Also provably true. And there's a litany of this crap. Of topics that I've managed to go over in the last year and a half. And admittedly, like I was a little bit late to the game myself. Because I knew there was a bunch of stuff going on, but I didn't know how all the pieces fit. BlackRock and other large hedge funds are actually buying up homes. They're created, They're simultaneously creating a housing bubble. As well as making sure that they're in the perfect position to profit when it collapses. When it collapses. Because they'll still own the property that they'll be using as rentals. And no, Epstein didn't kill himself. I mean, what more do you need? Item after item after item after item after item. And like I said, I understand why people don't buy in and say, okay, yes, I've been lied to. Now what? Because nobody wants to admit they've been duped to that degree. Nobody wants to admit that they've been manipulated into some form of intensive cognitive dissonance and permanent state of post-traumatic stress. 
Nobody wants to admit that they've been manipulated into that and that most of the stuff that people have been, that they've been saying is happening really isn't happening. And more than that, they definitely don't want to submit themselves to Christ, the King. And that one thing by itself is the reason why they're going to continue to sit out there flapping blind, completely unaware of the destruction that they're doing to their own souls, that they're doing to their children. Speaking of children, the other thing was critical race theory and the utter destruction of anything resembling an education coming out of public schools. Or the grooming for child porn and child sex trafficking. So very much. There's so much out there. We just have to look and see. But we have to have an anchoring in the truth. We have to have some starting point that is absolute, that's not going to move around on us. We cannot, we cannot navigate on the ocean solely by one of the stars in the belt of Orion because the belt of Orion moves. We need Polaris. We need that singular North Star around which we could reference everything else and we could determine exactly where we're going and how we're supposed to get there. But without that North Star, without that one immovable truth, most of us are just lost. We have no idea why. Mentally prepare yourselves physically prepare yourselves, and spiritually prepare yourselves. Not necessarily for the trouble that is to come, but for the death that reaches us all. If you can successfully do that, then you and your family will make it. And I pray that that's the case. Pray for the church, pray for the nation, do penance and make reparation. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.